Hi everyone, welcome to the Arseholics podcast on Sunday night, um, recording after what feels like a rarity. It's a, it's a day that Arsenal did not win. Um, I, it's me, Raj, here, and you've got you've got Mize and you've got Aaron with me. Hello, boys. Evening, mate. Evening. Oh, it's somber, isn't it? Look at that. Just evening the good evening, you can tell the feeling. It's weird, isn't it? There's a certain a certain bit of me. Look, obviously, I want us to win all the time. Yeah, like don't, don't get me wrong. But there was there was a, cer- a certain part of me that sort of felt well. At least it'll be a little bit different today when we're talking <laughs> about the game because it has felt right so far. Whenever we 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 do these episodes, it's basically the same stuff, right? When when we're because we're, we're you know we're playing well, like the same sort of players are playing well. It's the same sort of performances. It's it's been relatively easy to to, to do. It's kind of very, fairly fairly samey. That being said, obviously Leeds was a, a bit of a different type of performance, but today you know it's actually a different result. So it's uh, I think this is our first I think what we'd won eight games in a row and 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 here's a draw um my you know before we get into before we get into the specifics of the game how are you feeling after after the result um I mean look going back a what a week or so uh just over a week when we previewed the Leeds game um and looking ahead to the three games that we had, Leeds away, PSV at home, and then Southampton at ho- uh, away. Sorry, I I said that um, I thought we'd we'd probably drop points in one of those two away games in the league, and I thought it would be Southampton. Um, so not to say that I expected us to necess- not like yeah, not that I expected us to necessarily drop points as such. I just felt like with such a thin squad, we might start to see the signs of that um in that second away game um so i'm not to be honest that surprised i am obviously pretty disappointed of course because like yeah we've been on this fantastic run um we've been winning basically every game and it it is a bit of a a little bit of a shock to the system in a way because it kind of resets us a little bit um but in terms of the result today yeah like i think as a result i'm not I'm disappointed, but I think I'm already over it to a certain extent um, because I think I can kind of rationalize it. And when you fact, when you kind of look at the context of kind of what we've done so far this season, and again, like possibly some of the reasons as to why we didn't win today, I feel like, like I say, I, I, I kind of, ex- I can, I can, I've always accepted the result already, but the disappointing thing for me is really kind of what happened in the second half and the performance and the drop off in performance compared to the first half, as well as obviously that we didn't take our chances in the first half. Um, and that's probably the most concerning thing or the most worrying thing. Um, but like I said, I know we're going to unpick it um, and there's reasons for why that happened. And we'll talk about those reasons, but I think from a result perspective, like a point away in a game that we lost last season at a ground that we lost last season. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. It was really important that we didn't lose today. Um, especially with how that second half was going. Um, and it kind of keeps us ticking over. And I think we don't now go into a week where, you know, we potentially finish top of our Europa league group if things go well. And then we have probably one of the most ideal home games you could ask for. Um, really um which should hopefully put us back on track so i'm not feeling too bad to be honest i'm not feeling too bad yeah it's one of those that y- even even if you're put even if you're putting an actual title challenge together you're not going to win every game and um and but i think it is worth contextualizing that when you when you look at the twitter and various social media feeds at the moment everyone's like oh you've got to beat teams like southampton if you're gonna you know compete with man city Listen, there's no, no there's none of us that were talking about competing with man city um you know before we put this amazing run together um so aaron and is it is, is it really important to take that into context the fact that we've just got used to winning all these games the moment you don't win one it suddenly feels like it's you know you're focusing on all the negatives and why this is going to happen more often and how we can't kind of win games anymore and all that kind of stuff yeah i think i think that's fairly accurate we're we're arsenal fans right and the minute you know we've over the last 10 years we've been through some trauma right so the we i think as a fan base we can be quite reactionary and we kind of want to find reasons and explanations for everything that happens when a result doesn't go our way. And I think you look at the game, you can spin it, I don't say positively, but you can put a positive spin on it, a bit like Myers did, which is, 
you know, we've we've built a buffer, right, where we can afford to drop a game, uh, drop a couple of points at a tough game where, you know, previously we probably would have dropped, lost that game, right? And actually, if you look at the results this weekend, we're not that much worse off than we were if you look at in terms of the context of a top four race, right? But you can spin it pretty negatively as well if you really wanted to, to say that, look, we are whether we want to admit it or not right now in a, in a title race. And um, there were some, some worrying signs in that second half was where, when you look at the, the second half against Leeds and you look at, you know, just how we've been playing in the Europa league games as well, the Bodo game and PSV, there's been a drop off. Right. And I think you can then ask why, but I think I'm probably in between the two. I think we you're you're gonna have drop offs. You're gonna have moments where the team just isn't clicking, the team make mistakes, the team are tired, the squad players come in and things go wrong. And that's just that's just the season of Premier League football. So yeah, I think I'm with you, Myers. I think you kind of just that we didn't lose. We didn't play amazingly well in the second half, but we take the point and we just move on. Is um is is the concern if there is going to be a concern right um because like i i agree with you guys that i think that the result in itself isn't the concern you know you, you're, you're gonna drop points at some point this season i think also one thing that you know arsenal showed us towards the second half of last season and and so far this season that you, you can't always predict the games that you are going to drop points in. They're not always the ones which on paper look to be difficult. I mean, we did not think that we'd get six points out of the Tottenham and Liverpool games. Mm. Um, and last season, you know, when we went on some towards the back end of last season, we didn't think we were going to go away to Chelsea and West Ham and come out with six points then. But, you know, equally, we, we didn't think we'd drop some other points. It, 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 it is hard to predict, therefore, in that way. But, Mize, you know, you talked about, I think, you know, paraphrasing you slightly, it's not necessarily the result. It's 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 some of the things that happen behind that result that you know perhaps perhaps give you concerns. And maybe we should, you know, that's a it's a good it's a good way for us just to get into some of those things. Um, was finishing one of those concerns, Mize, because the first half against Southampton today, um, you know, I was I was loving what I saw. I, particularly, I think the first 30, 35 minutes, I thought it was just. An, another another um, great display of an incredibly well coached, well drilled side um, of incredible quality. Uh, it felt like Southampton didn't know what time it was. Sometimes, like you know, we were just constantly getting in behind them over and over and over again. But it was it was always time and time and time again. It was the finishing was quite basic. It felt there was just like a lack of real quality to any of it. it do you agree with that, Myers? And does that concern you? Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think it was, you know, we had um, a few pretty good chances. Um, a couple of them seemed to fall to, to Jesus. And it, it it concerns me. It can it does concern me because you've obviously seen in the last few games, right, that we haven't been as kind of free. Well, I wouldn't even say the last few games. Last, the last two games, Leeds and, and PSV, we've obviously kind of... Um, struggled to win or, or maybe not struggled, but, you know, we've almost nicked wins and, and Leeds was pretty hairy. And there's going to be, there's obviously going to be games where we're going to concede goals, right? We've, we've managed to keep clean sheets in the last couple of games. Again, Leeds probably being the prime example of where we maybe did get a bit lucky. Um, but there's there's going to be those games where, you know, we're not going to keep, we're not going to be able to keep a clean sheet every game. And really the way to make sure that that doesn't come back to bite you where you have a poor performance in the second half or there's a period of the game where we're dominated is really to get the goals when we're on top. And so, of course, it is a, it is a concern. Um, I think, you know, if we're talking specifically about our striker and Gabriel Jesus, I think the thing with Jesus is, right, like, you know, I think we knew that he wasn't wasn't the most prolific striker. Um around and and he's going to miss uh, he's going to miss some chances but I guess again kind of contextualizing the whole thing or contextualizing the season so far and almost what he's brought to the team and the improvement that he's given us on top of what we had the last season or the last couple of seasons um 
you know, you kind of have to, again, factor that in as well. So yeah, okay, he missed a couple of chances today and yeah, that's frustrating and it's annoying and potentially if he takes one of those, um, we maybe go on to win the game uh, and we get the three points, but equally everything else that he's offering this team um, and he's brought to this team and, and you know, all of the other qualities that he's bringing, you need to factor that in as well. So, I, you know, I wouldn't be going too hard on, on Jesus. And I guess, like, if you go back to when Aubameyang was our, uh, forward there were and and he was going through his gold route and he was going through his tough period and yeah he he wasn't he wasn't performing but the reason he wasn't performing was because the only thing he really offered the team was goals so that was a massive problem because if he's not scoring you're essentially carrying you know your your biggest player and your 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 striker and and you know your highest earner you know and the captain at the time so um with Hazes is very different because even if he's not scoring goals uh, and obviously hasn't scored in a few games now, you still you know that he's still going to be doing everything else off the ball, um, his hold-up play, his link-up play, um, dropping deep, going out wide. You know, he's still involved in the game and he still offers a lot and he still links up so well with the other forwards. Um, so it's a concern. And like we talked about it before the game as well, right? Because we, we were talking about FPL and Aaron, and you mentioned you brought Erdegaard into your team this week, your FPL team. And... You know, we were saying about, you know, Nero, Nero mentioned he needs to improve his finishing. And that was clear in the first half because he missed a pretty decent chance. Like it wasn't a clear cut chance, but it's one where, again, you know, it's he should hit the target with that. And that it can be a bit frustrating because I think when you look at all four, I would probably say all four of our forwards, they could all potentially, you could argue they could all be more clinical. And maybe that comes in time. Maybe that comes in time. Um, maybe it's just a case of Jesus is going through a little bit of a, a little bit of a, um, a dry spell at the moment. And when he gets his next goal, he then goes on and he scores a bunch of them and, and and he hits a purple patch, you know, who knows? So the main thing is like compared to previous seasons and recent times is we're creating chances. Like we are still, like you said, Raj, you know, we still played very good football in that first 30, 35 minutes. We still managed to open Southampton up a few times. Um, and we clearly showed that we are the better team going forward. And it's almost just like that final, uh, yeah, final finish, final ball, um, uh, that that being clinical basically is, is, is what's missing. But yeah, overall uh, it's concerning, but it's not a huge concern where I'm comparing it to seasons of the past where we either weren't creating chances or our main striker wasn't scoring at all. Um, and that, that was a bigger concern for me. So I think, I think overall we'll be okay, but yeah, just frustrating for what happened today really. With with Jesus, Aaron, and do you think that similar to kind of what Mize is saying, do we do we need to treat him like he is a bit like a Robert Firmino type striker where he offers so much? Um, like Mize said, it's not like the Aubameyang situation where it's just goals. He offers so much that we just have to accept that he's not going to be a very clinical striker. His reputation seems to suggest he's not incredibly clinical, but because he gives so much else... We we almost can't get on his back for not for not being a clinical finisher and just need to sort of respect the fact that he he gives us so much more. Um, yes and no. I think look, we 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 briefly discussed this and I saw some talk about maybe we should start Eddie next game instead of Jesus. And I think that's crazy talk. Um, just because you're right because. You know, if Eddie was like banging them in the Europa League and if he'd come on and he'd done well, and I, I know it's hard as a substitute when you come on and do well, then you think, okay, maybe what Eddie will give us is is going to be more than what Jesus gives us. But I don't... Look, yeah, Jesus missed some chances today, but I don't think any of them were like criminal. Um, I think, you know, a few of them were straight at the keeper. There was one where I think... The one where he, went, he, kind of, he was in one-on-one and he just had to kind of just deal with the defender and get a shot away. That was the one where I felt like, yeah, a, a more a more comfortable, natural striker, if that's a word, probably deals with that situation a bit better. But I think it's just, you know, you, you put him in that position nine times out of ten, he probably gets a shot off. I think it's just it's just variance where he just he he got it wrong, right? So so yeah, I I think we should still expect him to get goals, right? And if he doesn't score goals, that is a problem, right? Because we got him in, not just because he can, you know, improve our play, which he undoubtedly does, but because he can score goals. Um, And if he's not scoring goals, that's a problem. But I think he, I think 
overall, like if we had created more of those first half chances in the second half, I think he probably scores or someone else scores and we come away with a comfortable victory. I think you just, you do get games where you miss a few chances here and there. This didn't seem to me like, look, that you can look at it and say, look, if we're taking those chances, if we'd gotten a penalty in the first half, we, the game's different. That's true. But for me, the, bigger concern is what happened in the second half not really like how bad our finishing was in the first half yeah it wasn't great but was it alarming to me no um either way i wouldn't i wouldn't drop him i think unless his all-round game massively drops you yeah he does offer way more than just goals who said we should drop him no i think that was just talk like should we play eddie next week um okay I think Raj, you might have mentioned in the WhatsApp. I don't think he was like seriously suggesting it, but or maybe it was Nero who suggested like, oh, at this rate, maybe Eddie should get looking. I don't. I think that, yeah, I think that's great. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. Um, does it? Does it? Um, but but does this actually then kind of, I guess, refocus us onto the the debate as to whether we are just short on strikers because. If you've got a situation where you've got Gabriel Jesus, who's our main man, and I think we all agree, he just offers you so much. He, he's such an ama- a huge improvement on what we had last year, and what, what, what he brings to the team is just phenomenal. Um, and and actually, probably deserve despite his finishing today, he probably deserved a lot more out of the game. We can talk about the refereeing decisions uh, a bit later, but you see, we've kind of got a situation where we've got two strikers. We've got we've got Jesus and we've got Eddie and Eddie himself has very publicly come out and said in the past that he doesn't, he, he basically said words to the, words to the effect of he, he doesn't really feel like he can make an impact off the bench. He said words to that effect. He's not exactly said that, but he's effectively said that he's, you know, finds it very, very difficult to be the guy who just, you know, you, you bring off the bench and whatever, and, and you expect to make an impact in 10, 15 minutes. He's a sort of guy that you need to, just give starts and starts and starts. And in fairness, last season, when we gave him starts, we saw sort of the better end of him. But then do we therefore need a striker who is going to be the sort of person that if Gabriel Jesus isn't scoring and if you need a goal, you can find someone who's going to you know come off the bench to be that person. And if Eddie isn't that person, it feels like we'd struggle. And it felt like that kind of happened today. Yeah. I, sorry, go on, Aaron. Well, yeah, I, just, I was just going to say, it doesn't have to be a striker, right? It could be... Yeah a goal scorer somewhere. And I think that's what we're lacking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think, yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be a striker. I mean, you look at Man City, for example, they're back up to Haaland. If you're looking at specifically a striker is a, you know, Alvarez who's uh, very young, untested, unknown kind of what, you know, what he would offer. So City, City, um, you know, I know Haaland's going to score kind of 50 goals this season, but previous to that, um, they were getting goals from all around the team. And and I think that's obviously the model that we should try to follow because um, it's just going to help us when the striker's not, not in a in a good spell or not scoring goals. But I mean, it's, it's hard though, isn't it? Because if Eddie isn't really that player, what's, I mean, that's that's his role in the squad, isn't it? Like, I, I know what he's saying and, and, I, and I guess you would say that, you know, publicly to kind of almost try and put yourself in the frame for small starts and to basically say, look, I'm not happy being a bit part player. Fair enough. But realistically, that is what he's going to be. And I think, I think with Eddie, like it's, it it must be quite difficult as well. It must be difficult. Like I kind of agree with him, right? Because like he's been brought on today, for example, with, I don't know how long, 20 minutes to go or something. And we weren't playing very well. We weren't controlling the ball. We were losing the ball every time we had it, you know, the, the, we were kind of everything was a bit of a mess in that second half and you can't really throw on Eddie and Ketter and expect things to massively change you know um and I agree with Aaron and right we're we're probably missing Smith Rowe quite a bit at the moment when you think he was the kind of alternative to Martinelli I know he's a very different player but you know he's the alternative to Martinelli when we need to change it up on that left-hand side and he brought us kind of 10 or 15 goals last season as well and Maybe that, you know, that in the second half of the season could be a really big boost having having Smith Rowe back as well. But I mean, yeah, like, I don't know, you know, if you think about second strikers or, 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 or alternative forward options, it's quite hard to, you know, I don't know, like who could you name anyone that we could sort of think about bringing in that would 
I mean, I know it's there's like point. probably and loads also, of players, but yeah. it, it's a good point. Also, you know, like kind of going on what you said about City. Actually, if you go through all the teams, particularly like all the top teams, not many really have a second striker who you'd say, you know, is a is a is a real goal scorer per se. If you go through all of them, I mean, go through all these top sides that don't really have one. So maybe, you know, there is more of a yeah, there's there's maybe a bit of a supply issue there, and you know, in theory, you know, any any really really good finisher um, is probably going to be starting somewhere and not going to be kind of a bench player. The thing that sort of just just to get to, to Eddie, but the thing that frustrates me a little bit with with him when he you know in this sub role was, I, I remember a, a while ago reading an interview with um, Oligan Solskjaer, and I think this was still, the, the, I think this was still when he was manager at Man United, and I think they were talking to him about his reputation as you know that that kind of um, you know super sub and and stuff and. And, he, and it was really interesting what he said because he he said that you know he he always felt that when he was on the bench he was spending a lot of the game watching and really looking at the defenders and really really thinking uh you know that defender's not doing this very well or that defender is kind of like weak on this foot or that defender is kind of you know today he's just kind of he's taking a few steps this way a few steps that way and and then he always felt, therefore, when he was coming onto the pitch, he had a very specific plan of what he was going to do because he had kind of already analysed this off the pitch. And and I always thought that was a really interesting thing to say and, and very logical and very kind of, um, I imagine, very valuable thing to do because when you are playing in the heat of the game, you, you can't always analyse that stuff, right? Because you're there, you're playing, you're involved in the game. But from the side, you're observing, you're able to see all these things in the same way that a manager is able to see it and make certain changes. And so therefore, when you cu- you come on, you're almost at an you're almost at an advantage to the players that have you know been on the pitch already. You almost actually understand what's required in this game a little bit more. When when he comes on as a you know uh, when when we're chasing a goal, I never feel that from him. I always feel like when he comes on that there's a bit of a headless chicken kind of vibe to him when he's, you know, when, when he, when he is kind of brought on in those last 15 minutes or, or, or so. Um, and yeah, you know, Chan here with the comment on the screen, bringing him on and shoving him out wide certainly didn't help. I mean, that's, that, that that's fair as well. Um, and I guess the problem is if you're going to keep on Jesus as well, and, and, you know, then unless you go to a two striker system, then one of them is have to, is going to have to go out wide, I suppose. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think he still had opportunities where he was, you know, even after he came on that he was operating kind of centrally. I just I feel like he could do more still to really create impact. Um, it's so hard to judge him in in this in this game. I think you're if you said that after watching the two or three Europa League games, fine. Right. But in this game, that was Eddie great. No. But no one was great. That's the problem. But we're not. But but my comments on Eddie there aren't necessarily because just of this game. I'm also talking about what we know of Eddie and saw last season as a sub. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he missed a really good chance as well. I thought it was a good chance. The one where it was deflected it wide. wide. He got deflected wide. But, yeah. But I don't even think it was on. T- I don't even think he hit it on target. To be fair, I, I don't know. We don't know because it was deflected. But it didn't. He didn't really get a good connection. And it's kind of like those moments where. Yeah, like a chance like that, he's probably only going to get one, maybe two in in such a short space of time as a sub. You're kind of hoping that he just, again, you know, kind of that clinical finishing or at least hitting the target and making the keeper do something. He wasn't able to do that. So I I agree. Like, I mean, yeah, it is tough. It must be, but I still maintain, I think it must be really, really tough to, like when you say, Raj, when you say he could do more, I guess at, at the end of the day, as a striker, I mean, I think he does do quite a bit for the team, right? Whenever he plays, he's he, you know, he he understands the need to press. He's energetic and he's aggressive in the press. Um, so he offers all of that. And I think he's I think when you play him through the middle, obviously he's not as good as Jesus in a number of aspects, but he offers a lot of similar traits, right? Which is what we've been saying all season. Um, he offers a lot of similar traits. I feel like he can slot into that position pretty seamlessly uh, and offer like, you know, uh, like a lot of what Hazus offers link up play as well. But I mean, I'm just interested, I'm interested to kind of explore when you say he could do more in 10, 20, 30 minutes as a sub, what, what do you reckon that could be? Well, I think to be honest, when, if you, if you look at the, if you look at who we can bring off 
the bench to actually positively impact game. Really, he's almost one of three players. And today, those three players almost came on, right? Tierney and Vieira and, and him. And outside of those three, they're, they're basically, and obviously Smith Rowe's injured. Um, and so for all of them, in all instances, I guess what I'm looking for them to do is when they're coming on, to give something to our attacking output more so than we had prior to them coming on, right? So it's either an injection, either it's basically doing exactly what we're doing, but with more energy because someone's fatigued and effectively you're coming in and you're just replacing them energy-wise. Or it's basically to add a dimension. Yeah, you're coming in and adding a dimension that wasn't there necessarily. And 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 then a moment of quality and in a moment where, you know, you're, you're, you're really exerting the skills that you have and with eddie i feel that that ultimately is finishing you know he, he he's he's a finisher yes he's a fantastically good pressing forward like in terms of he's got lots of energies he, he, you're right you know he that's not an issue it's not an issue for me that he came on and and you know was lazy that that didn't happen you know he was putting himself about and and and, and doing you know positive things for the team in that respect but i suppose for him therefore i'm looking for him to to create goal scoring opportunities for himself, to put himself in really good positions to, you know, to, to get, uh, to, to take a half chance to, you know, do, do, do something in the box I don't, that I, don't, I just don't think that's his game. I think, but how can you say that's not his game though? If he's a, if he's a striker, like, so I think I've Eddie's the type of striker where if we're playing well and we're creating chances, he will do well. Right. But when we're playing badly and I hope he changes, but so far, he hasn't shown that he's the type of player who can win you the game by himself. Um, like where he does something completely out of the blue. And he's done it a few games last season, but it's very rare that he's not he's not that moment of magic player. That and and this is what what concerns me, which is you know when we're bringing on someone like him, when we're not playing well, it's very rare that we're going to get a positive outcome just by bringing him on what you need to do is change the team to structurally create structurally create chances and at that point we can do better but it's it's kind of hard man like i don't know we have, we've got no one else and this is the this is the point like if if you just assume eddie's not not going to do it right and eddie's not not the guy there's no one else like who else can you bring on you can bring on marquinhos um but that that's literally about it you can bring on reese nelson um so yeah Eddie's Eddie's like literally the best and all we've got yeah I wonder if it's a case where maybe I I don't know in hindsight Arteta might look at it and and kind of go okay well should I have pushed Jesus out wide and then you know had Eddie centrally you know maybe that could have been something and maybe he thought with the combination of Vieira coming on maybe he thought Vieira was going to do more because he was also someone Vieira when he came on and and Odegaard went off it felt like there was a massive drop off, wasn't there? Mice. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was really surprised because, you know, fine. Um, you know, we we were really patient with Vieira because he didn't have a preseason at all because of injury, and you know, when he has come on, actually, overall, I think we've we've been pretty impressed. He had the start against Brentford where he was, you know, brilliant, scored a worldie, and has had some really good moments. Um, yeah, but he was really he was really poor today, wasn't he? He was. He was. Um... It wasn't just him, though. I mean, look, yeah, if we're talking about Vieira, it was a, uh, yeah, he, I don't know. I can't explain, you know, when you say the drop-off drop off compared to what, what Erdegaard was offering uh, or generally does, it was just weird because it wasn't even like, it, it was just really weird stuff that the team, the whole, everyone seemed to start doing, which was just real sloppiness basically in possession and doing really silly things like holding onto the ball for way too long in midfield or in well all over the pitch really and then just getting pounced on by two Southampton players and them then breaking um but yeah he wasn't really at it and maybe it was just maybe it was just one of those sub appearances one of those games where like the whole team weren't really at it in that second half and it's really hard to understand why without kind of maybe being in the dressing room or knowing what's happened this week in terms of fitness and stuff. I mean, my like take on it just from the outside is, is I, I attribute, attribute most of it down to fatigue, to be honest. Like it's been, it's been a tough week in terms of like, I know everyone played midweek, all the Premier League teams played mid, midweek except for City. Um, and so you, it's not like, an, I'm not saying it's an excuse where, you know, we were tired and therefore it, 
you know a poor second half performance from from these guys and from from the guy from the team that started and the subs like the entire like 14 15 players however, however many it was that played today um is acceptable but at the same time i think i don't know maybe it's just one of those where the, this that kind of performance has been coming um a little bit and like i was saying this to you guys after the game i, I feel like in hindsight should arteta have rotated a bit more for the PSV game when you fa- when you think that we already had three wins in the bank, three out of three in the bank in the Europa League. It's a, you know, it's a game that we had to win. It's a home game that we had to win and it just sort of takes the pressure off for the last couple of games. We just need a point now on Thursday to finish top. But at the same time, when you know you've got two away games in the Premier League back to back and there's no such thing as an easy game in the Premier League and especially away and Ellen Road wasn't easy and we knew that we, we generally struggle at Southampton so kind of off the back of all of what's happened this week in terms of the number of minutes the team have played did he really need to start Saka did he really need to start Jesus against PSV Tommy Asu you know there's a few players there that you could say okay the squad options are not great but what's the priority or, or how do I prioritize with a with a pretty small squad and you could see like Saka in the second half really dropped off and I can't really see it being any other reason because he had, you know, again, he looked, you know, he's been one of our best players, if not our best player the last few games. He looked lively again um, in the first half and then he, along with a few others, dropped off in the second half. So, I, I you know, I, I think I think Arteta might look at it this week. I know we're going to talk about the PSV return game um, afterwards, but he might look at, um, fatigue as 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 playing a bit of a factor now in our performances at the moment, and we just kind of have to get through the next couple of games. Um, and I think he might rotate quite heavily on Thursday. But yeah, that was maybe one that we maybe we missed a bit of a trick there, where we knew that we had a tough away game today, and he could have maybe rotated a bit more. But again, it's hard because it's we have a small squad, and this is the problem where we probably do need to address in January because um, the options, like Aaron and was saying, you know, like even in the in the the front three or front four, there's not a huge amount of um, yeah, there's not a huge amount of options basically, and there's not the reliable kind of players that you can bring in where you know what you're going to get um, outside of like Marcel, Jesus, Saka, and Odegaard. Yeah, and just to add, I think like a game like today is probably not going to help because. What you really need is your your substitutes, your squad players to come on and say, "I'm worth a run in in this squad." And, and the early start, the kind of first five games of the season, Vieira looked pretty good. Um, and Ketia came on and did did some good stuff off the bench. And you're like, oh, "All right, these guys can do do a job." All right. The problem is when they, you know, they, they put in performances like that. And yes, the whole team isn't playing playing well. I don't think I think Arteta probably loses trust and loses faith in them quite well like Arteta has his favorites and he's got you know I think he's got a, an 11 and when he sees that 11 working he, he's very reluctant to change it right we saw that with Tomiyasu getting a run at left back he's like I'm just going to run with this until it breaks you, yeah if uh, uh, sorry Karen. I'm just saying like that just like when we come when it comes to the Europa League games when it comes to like rotating if he doesn't trust the squad players to say that I can do a job in a lower pressure environment he's gonna put in some of the the big guns and that that's a bit of a worry yeah i'm i'm sympathetic with him not sort of leaning on the squad too much in the in the premier league game so far because i sort of feel like he probably just felt things are going so well and and everyone seemed to be pretty fit and everyone was sort of staying injury free touch wood um and the points were just racking up it, it, it feels like you know, suddenly if you if you start rotating and suddenly results drop off, do you just have so much regret? Um the reason why so look, so, so firstly, just going on to your know, Mize, you, you you sort of your point around whether he should have rotated more against a PSV. I think it's one of these things that today, right, we had so many chances in the first half that the game really should have been put to bed. And and if we if we win the game, right, and it, it, then we, we're not talking about whether we rotated enough against PSV. You know, it's 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 one of those things that because we didn't win, you know, we're looking at it and saying it in that way. And 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 partly why we're saying it is because the second half there seemed to be such a big drop off in terms of energy and, and and fitness, and it looked like everyone was fatigued. But this is a bit. This is kind of why I am. I feel like I am focusing a bit on on the subs, like on 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 Eddie and and Vieira. They, you know, Arsenal 
are no different to any other team in any other era. The whole point of subs is to change the game. And so often the best teams, they, they might not be playing very well and, and you need a sub, two subs to just change it. To Sometimes even one sub is enough to just make, you know, to kind of add a little bit of energy, to add a little bit of spark. And then suddenly that kickstarts everyone. And I think therefore that's why I'm a little bit, um, I guess annoyed with Eddie and 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 Vieira, and I think Tierney was good. Actually, I think Tierney was good when he came on. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed at those two because I feel like it's kind of your point, Aaron. It's like you know, you, you you want your subs to come on and then make a case to start. You want them to come on and be like, "Well, like, the team genuinely was better when I was playing." So, you know, whatever. But it really it, it it felt like they added nothing in that way. And I know it's again, I think the whole team in the second half was poor. But you can't change the whole team. You know, you can't you can't sub the whole team. You can only make a certain amount of subs anyway. Um, but it felt like we got worse, <laughs> and and I think that that that's kind of what what's bothering me a little bit about it. I I, I agree, Miles. I wonder what he'll do against PSV on Thursday. Um, and and uh, and maybe we can can just naturally get onto that um now, like in the sense that we are in a bit of a weird situation, right? Points wise, where although like we've got twelve. Um, yeah, although we've got 12 points, you know, we've won all our four games. Um, we, if we, if we beat PSV on, on Thursday, we secure first. If we, if we lose, then we'd still be okay if we win our final game of finishing first, but it just wouldn't be in the bag until then. I thought and, we only need a point. Do we yeah, not need yeah. a point's enough? Uh, yeah, so so, but yeah, sorry, but what I mean is, if we lost, it still wouldn't be a case where we wouldn't be able to finish first. If we lost, then we just you know, we'd we'd need to win in the yeah, last, yeah. which is why I kind of feel like, um, you know, it might be a case like that. Arteta might do like what you're suggesting and be willing to rest almost the whole team because he'd be like, well, you know, even if we lost, then you know, there's still there's still a, a chance if we win at home, which is likely we're very good at home. Um, but do, I mean, do do you, do you see that, Mize? Do you see us? effectively doing a full rotation for Thursday? You probably won't because again, like what, what um, Aaron was saying, um, I don't think you can do that. I think now, now that we've got, we're four games in and and he hasn't, apart from maybe the first game, I can't remember now, but he hasn't really done that where, where he's gone kind of like nine, 10 changes for the Europa League. He's always kept in, you know, a Xhaka or a senior centre-back, whatever. And, and, and the last game where he's probably, thinking PSV is going to be the toughest team in this group. He's gone for a fairly strong team. So he'll rotate again, of course, but, you know, like, are we going to see a front four of Marquinhos, Inketia, Nelson and Vieira? Probably not. And that is like my worry a little bit where I would like to see that front four because one, it would obviously be new and exciting and it's, you know, let's see what they can do in a game where, okay, the pressure's not off because we still need a point or we still need to, you know, get a result. But at the same time, it's not a do or die situation match where um, everything's riding on it. So it'll be lovely to see, you know, a completely fresh front four and knowing that Saka, Martinelli, Jesus all going to get a rest for Forrest, but I'm not sure he'll do that. So I think it'll be similar to what he did in the home game. Um, a fair bit of rotation, you know, Matt Turner in goal and a fair bit of rotation across the team, Lakonga, um holding possibly um Tierney probably comes in because he's obviously not playing in the league at the moment uh but yeah I can see him still playing maybe Saka or Martinelli or possibly both and it's just a bit of a worry really because I know what he said the other day after Saka played uh, against PSV and he said you know the best players play 70 games a season or whatever his quote was but it's not like he 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 got a kick on Thursday and he was a slight doubt for today if you remember, he got a kick on the calf and he was limping around and whatever. And it's just a little bit of a worry because obviously he's the kind of player, both him and Marcelli, they're the kind of players that do get um, targeted by defenders, right? They get taken out a lot. Um, and it's just one bad tackle away in it. One bad tackle away in a game that they don't really need to play. I don't think um, from missing, you know, the next few games or, whatever, uh, a number of weeks. And that's just a bit of a concern when we've got 12 points out of 12 now. I just I just want to see a rotated team, but I personally don't think he will. I think he'll just go for a mix. Yeah, because I think what, obviously, if we beat or if we get a result against PSV, that, that next game, which I think is the week after, 
um, against Zurich is obviously a complete dead rubber, right? And he can completely rest everyone. And I wonder if he's thinking, well, I've got Forrest at home on Sunday and actually I'd rather have the rest before the Chelsea game than before Forrest at home. And he's like, I'm just going to push through now. Then arguably you could even rotate against Forrest a bit if you need to. And then you've got a complete dead rubber on Thursday where you can literally play, I don't know, the the, the stewards. Like maybe even you and I will get a game wise or something. And then... Um, or Raj. Uh, oh, Raj. Yeah, yeah, Raj too. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said you. Why was that excluded? <laughs> I don't know. It just... Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, all, all three of us could get a game. And then um, like we can just get on to Chelsea. Yeah. that I think is if you take a risk against PSV and then we lose, which is PSV a good team, yeah. it's possible. Then you have to play everyone on Thursday in a pressure game where we have to win. True. And that, well, I don't know. I assume we have to win. Um, I, yeah. So I think actually he'll play a fairly strong team and I, I'm okay with that. I know what you said, Mike, like, look, you, he could, we could get a sacker injury and, and then we're completely screwed. But, you know, the best teams, I don't say the best teams, the top four teams are playing Champions League and they're playing um, the league and they're playing, you know, Salah's playing week in, week out, twice a week. Um, You know, all all the Spurs players, all the Liverpool players, all the City players, all the Chelsea players are all all doing this. Um, And yeah, I know, I mean, the the concern is obviously one injury and the drop-off is so big from our our first teamers to everyone else that it is a bit of a worry, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to go too like pro no rotation because Sod's Law will just get injury, and then you guys will be like, "I told you so." But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not super worried. I think players can can handle it, and I think we've rotated pretty, pretty like smartly so far with like not having too many first teamers in. But you're right. We, we're never going to know if it had an impact today, right? And that's the thing. Um, it did look tired. It did look sloppy. Um, whether or not that was due to no rest or just the fact that you know we've seen our you know our players do this last season like last season we'd have loads of rest and all of a sudden be away from home and just completely out of the blue would just forget mm. how to play um you know Partey would just stop playing Odegaard would just get closed down and lose the ball Saka and Martinelli would get nullified and you know what Southampton did really well today is basically they stopped Partey from playing and then they stopped Arsenal from playing and yeah, that that happens. It probably tiredness probably does have an effect, but it wouldn't surprise me where if we had a week and we did this, it it could still happen. There's one thing that arguably did affect today that we haven't really talked about yet is the referee. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> bloody hell! Um, um, it's, you know, because I, I think look, don't, listen, this is an Arsenal podcast. We spent 45 minutes, I think, actually just you know not talking about this which I think mm. kind of shows that we're, we're, we're very willing to just be as introspective as possible and, you know, and not necessarily just blame the result on the referee. I, I genuinely have to say it was one of the most baffling referee performances that I've seen. I, okay, maybe baffling is the wrong word. I thought in some ways it was, it was sort of, we, we've heard apparently, we've heard that apparently, um, the um, Referees Association, PG Mole or whatever they are called, said at the beginning of the season that they wanted to let more stuff go, apparently, right? So the, the whole thing is they wanted to, to, to make games more free-flowing. And therefore, what happened today, what we saw today, was probably exactly on brand with regards to that. Um, they just, the referee effectively just let pretty much everything go. But I think the, the issue <coughs> is the stuff that was let go completely inconsistent with how games are refereed um you know this season and it allowed i think particularly what um, i don't know what can't what's the guy what's the center back that was up against jesus for the whole game coletta coletta car yeah who look who look who looks in stature and just style so much like socrates i I thought um and (laughs) um anyway just allowed him to just completely negate a lot of Jesus's amazing qualities by just manhandling him the whole game. Like yeah. just, I mean, Aaron, 
What did you think? Uh, the refereeing performance overall. You're on mute. Oh, sorry. Um, you know what it is? Is basically, if you watch the highlights, like a two-minute cl- highlight clip of that game, you'd be like, well, what's the big deal? Like, he didn't get any major calls wrong. They didn't, um, you know, the goals were all legitimate. And if you score like one minute or two minute highlights, you think the referee had a perfectly good game. But it's all those little things that accumulatively, well, some of them aren't even little, right? The, the Saka dive where he booked him for diving wasn't a yellow card. Um, all of those times we got the ball into Jesus and, and we go back to like, oh, we play badly, we play badly. Yes, we play badly. But we also got the ball into him in some very good positions and he just gets taken out. Um, and there, there are all these little things that, yeah, you can argue that you're letting the game flow. You're trying to be more lenient, but I think some of them are just fouls and he got them wrong. Um, and there, there was one where it was ridiculous, but you, there was a couple of clips floating around on it where um, Saka's on the edge of the box. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, he, he gets fouled. The referee gives plays advantage, but literally half a second half later, a he loses the ball. And he just carries on and he's just like, okay, well, you lost the advantage. And like it's basic stuff like that where I think look, he just had a really, really bad game. And I don't like, you know, abusing referees or, you know, getting personal, but I think you just have to accept that the referee had a bad game and, you know, we probably should have had a penalty. Um, and if we, you know, if ref gives that penalty and we score, then it's a very different game. We're talking about a very different <laughs> set of circumstances I think, you're, I think you're being pretty kind Aaron and though I think when you say he, he had a bad yeah I mean look, obviously he did have a bad game but I think there was more than there was more than one major decision or incident in the box like there was obviously the Gabriel Jesus one when you watch that back like how that's not been reviewed and he's been sent to the monitor for that I don't know yeah because Saka what happened to with McTominay yesterday right yeah exactly uh, it's exactly, exactly the same thing yeah but, that, but this is what I think you, you, again I agree with Miles. I think you're being easy on him because I don't even think it's necessarily that he had a bad game. It felt like he knew exactly what he was doing. So it wasn't like, no, I think sometimes when you say referees had a bad game, somebody think, okay, maybe they interpreted that decision the wrong way. If they could go over and do it again, they'd do it differently. But this felt like he took a calculated strategy throughout the game. So, you know, particularly with that, with the manhandling stuff, he had decided, no, 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 like that's good. That, that I'm not blamed for that. I'm not blamed for that over and over again. Right. And yeah, yeah, go on. Sorry. Sorry. No, that was it, and 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 just and, and it really did feel like, you know, maybe there was something unconscious there that was that that was kind of it, something about being part of an occasion of a kind of you know a, not a giant killing per se, but it felt like he wanted to be part of something that was quite interesting, and he was just allowing these like the the, the what you the example you gave Aaron and again like that's that's a very calculated thing, right? He he it was an obvious foul on Saka and he just gone play advantage. I mean, it was li- literally, like you say, it was like half a second. He loses the ball immediately afterwards and he just goes, it's done. That's just, that's a calculated thing, right? <laughs> you it's, know? It's, yeah, it's, it's either, yeah, I, I don't want to go down like conspiracy land of like agendas and him being deliberately out to get us wrong. It could be, we'll never know. It's just bad refereeing. Like you, you see that, just stop the game and give a foul. Um, there's, it's almost like he makes a mistake and then he he's like, I need to cover up this mistake and I'm going to just make another mistake to cover it up so it doesn't look like I made a mistake. Like the Saka, not calling the Saka foul that when he went down and saying, right, oh, I've given it now. I, I didn't give it, so I'm going to have to book you for diving. Otherwise, it, it looks silly. Um, it, it's that sort of stuff. Um, but like all of that, it's just... The, the couple on Jesus where they're literally grabbing him. Like, I th- I think you have to give it. And there was that weird one where Kieran Tierney got taken out in the box and yeah. Sky didn't even show a replay of it. So no one ever knows what happened. I thought that well, it, lo- it looks like Tierney wins the header and the defender that comes across, because the ball goes over the defender's head, the defender that comes across basically just, it's almost like he, as he jumps, his arm just goes into his like head or his throat and Tierney goes down. But yeah not looked at or anything. I mean, what I don't understand is what, and I know, look, you know, this is obviously going to turn in or has turned into a bit of a a moaning and a bit of a rant, but you know, so be it with the, with the Hazus one, you know, okay. The referee has decided that it's not a foul play goes on, but VAR should be 
like obviously, obviously looking at it what are they again it's the same thing that has been said uh, about loads of incidents not just arsenal incidents but loads of incidents this season you know they're looking at these and not they're not they're there they're, they're there to correct things right and they're not correcting bad decisions or at least telling the ref go and have a look at it on the monitor because maybe you've missed this and not seen it you've not seen it from the right angle um and that that's baffling as well and there was another one where ben white just gets pushed over in the box in the first half and like, he probably mm. looked Ben White probably feels a bit of contact in his back and goes down. I'm not saying it is a penalty or it isn't, but again, you know, it's not like Sky showed three or four different replays of it. Maybe there wasn't much there, but from from what I read on Twitter, it sounded like it could have could have been, you know, there was a decision to be made there, basically. Um, and also, why would Ben White, I mean, you know, he's Ben, I don't know, I'm not sure why Ben White wouldn't feel the need to go down unless there's a decent amount of contact someone's actually pushing him over. And I, you know, so there's quite a few. There's quite a few uh, that happened today and it's just really frustrating because, yeah, as you said, it's inconsistency and it's just like poor. It's just the the quality, the quality of refereeing is is crap. It's just crap in this country. And yeah. we keep saying it when every, I mean, you know, it's not just when we win or when we lose or draw or whatever, but it's just generally there's decisions that um, just, yeah, like you said, Raj, baffling to be honest. I think, you know, you get, I genuinely think actually the big decisions, you know, the ones that, you know, is it a is it a goal? Like, was it a foul? Largely, the refs get right um, in this country, right? But I think what I see a lot more this season is those marginal calls, especially with us. And is like when a player should be booked against us, they don't get booked. Um, a player will foul one of our players two or three times, or they'll systematically take out Saka or Martinelli. Nothing will get done. It's all these little things where they're like, oh, that should be yellow card. You should really give that a foul, even though there's nothing major, but they don't. Um, It's those little things where I think, you know, you give a referee a directive of like, let the game flow. That in in theory is good, but they just don't know how to interpret it. It's like they haven't been given enough training in terms of they've just been given a text message saying, all right, lads, this season, let the game flow. And then that's it and and that's all and they're they're just making it up as they go along in terms of what that means yeah agree it's it's incredibly frustrating um but look when we all all said and done i think you know today the result has been as a result of a combination of things and i think we've discussed all that all those things i suppose it is important it's important days like this to come away with a draw at least right um which we did and um, it's also really helpful when you have a week, uh, when you have a result like that, when everyone else doesn't end up capitalising. And, and actually, overall, it's been quite a good, quite a good game week for us in that respect because, you know, Man City obviously did win, um, and but 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 Tottenham lost, Chelsea drew, Man United drew, Liverpool lost. Um, I mean, you know, a, a byproduct of one of those results was Newcastle winning. But but we have got ourselves in a situation where. Still, even after this draw, we're top of the league with 28 points. Um, but crucially, I think, even if you just ignore Man City below us, t- you know, t- two points below us, it still it does still mean that the gap between us and Spurs in in third is is still five points, and Spurs have played an extra game, so it still looks pretty good from that respect, isn't it? And and I think it, it, in that regard, Mice, do we just is that another moment where we need to just reflect and kind of be like we will drop points every now and again. It's not the fucking end of the world. Yeah, it's basically what I said at the start um, uh, on, on this game and like contextualizing the result in the grand scheme of things in the season um, so far. Like we've had an unbelievable start to this season. Like you, it's it's almost like because we dropped points today against a team we should be beating, it does feel really disappointing. But yeah, we, we, you just kind of remind yourself how good we've been so far this season um, when you look at the league table and it's still really early. Like I know I mentioned it in our chat, you know, we're five points clear of Spurs with a game in hand, albeit that game in hand is against City. Um, It can all change really, really quickly, right? Um, So it's probably still quite early to be talking about, I know we're going to talk about it, but, you know, to kind of start analysing, okay, five points ahead of Spurs, what is it? I don't know how many points it is ahead of Liverpool, 10 points or so. Um, uh, and start trying to work at 12 points oh, is it 12? yeah okay yeah so i mean look, it's a massive gap but you know we what we have to show ultimately is consistency right and we've drawn today fine take the point 
move on. Forest at home next week is obviously, you know, that's just a, a game we, we can't be dropping points in if we've got any kind of aspirations of finishing in the, well, top four at the very least, but top four this season. Um, and so we just have to move on to the next game and, and show that, keep keep trying to show that consistency um, uh, that, that we've shown so far. Um, that's the main thing. And if obviously now, look, we're in a position now, if we do that, if we do keep showing that consistency, then you know, we'll, we'll achieve what we need to achieve this season because we've set ourselves up so well in the first 10 or 11 games. That's the fantastic thing. But, you know, it's not like we're not a couple of injuries away from, as we keep reminding ourselves from, you know, as everything we've talked about, right, that the squad players having to come in and then the drop-off is quite big and then you just don't know what could happen in that scenario. And there's this just big, big kind of like wild card of a World Cup in the middle of the season as well and no one knows what's going to happen come uh, January. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, look, it's nice. It's fantastic. It's obviously amazing to be at the top of the league still. And, um, you know, we've got to enjoy it, enjoy that. And we should, we should enjoy that and we should enjoy the wins of course. Um, but you know, like I feel like Spurs, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, United, you know, even the, all the teams that drop points this weekend, I think they'll all come back. And I think come the end of the season, I've said it from the start. Like, I think probably all of them will be there or thereabouts around that kind of fourth, fourth place, like challenging for the top four, basically. Um, so we just need to be in it, uh, in it and amongst it and give ourselves a chance with like 10 games to go. Did you, um, did you learn anything about our rivals, Aaron, and this weekend? I mean, Newcastle, they, is for them it's a pretty pretty memorable win i guess uh, away at tottenham that's probably you probably see that their most their biggest their most seismic result of the season you probably argue even though they've been doing pretty well anyway like they 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 sort of they they drew with united um but i think they haven't then if i'm correct if i'm wrong they haven't beaten any of the big teams yet this season um and this was going away at um you know this um the kind of defensive counter-attacking masterclass that is um that is Conte allegedly and, and you know and, and and going in there and actually really deserving a win um you know not not limited to Newcastle have you learned anything about these about the rest of our rivals I think overall I'd probably say we are as good if not better at this point in time or at least based on the first 10 games of the season as good if not better than most of them right and I'd say Liverpool I don't include City in this. So Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, Spurs, Man United, and I would include Newcastle in this. Um, Newcastle are the ones I really worry about because they seem to be getting better. And under Eddie Howe, they've got a really good manager. They've got some good players. Again, a, a thin squad, which is probably susceptible to injuries. If they lose Bruno Gamarish, then they might be in a bit of trouble there. Callum Wilson's injured every other game. Um, th- th- every team has their kryptonite of what can bring them down quite easily right and and we're no we're no different to that so i think really yeah i don't i don't want to go looking and counting the points between us and um the others and where we are but it is a funny season we've just got to get to this you know mini mini break where we've got what forest chelsea wolves i think mm. and if we can get to that point in the season and be ideally if we're still top that would be amazing even if we're second to city because city have caught us at that point but we're still the best of the rest that is a phenomenal achievement at that point in the season and then who knows what's going to happen during that that winter break and that world cup right then you get back and we're on boxing day then we've got i think two games and the transfer windows open again um and again we don't know what players are going to come back you know harland's not going to the world cup maybe he he injures himself diving off his yacht in the Middle East, something like that. And um, he's out for 10 games and we're, we're all of a sudden title favorites. I don't know, man, like all that Jesus and Martinelli and Saka will come back injured and we're completely screwed. Like anything could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think we just got to, we're on this crazy ride and we've just got to roll with it and see, see what happens week after week. I don't know, man. I don't know. We could, we could still finish sixth. That's that's the part that terrifies me. Um, yeah, you, you'd think that you know, you'd imagine that the only well, so I, you know, personally, I feel like the only reason that would even be a possibility is if 
we had a scenario like you mentioned where I don't know Martinelli and Saka you know come back from the World Cup and they're injured and um I, I, I feel like otherwise it feels like we've we, we've got decent amount of points on the board the way in which we've accumulated that points is playing a fairly kind of sustainable type of football um and uh you know you'd hope therefore that if we keep doing the things that we're doing yeah we'll drop points but um you know as long as we don't get a a range of big injuries you'd hope fingers crossed this is kind of good and good enough at the moment to get top four we'll see though and i'm sure you know we'll, we'll spend lots of time reviewing that going forward just conscious you know we've got uh, so we have got our PSV game coming up, but just to conclude uh, the episodes, just to just quickly touch on the, the Forest game. I mean, y- you sort of, Aaron, and you, you sort of touched on, you, you, you sort of said that you, you wouldn't mind seeing some rotation. If I recall what you said, uh, what, 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 something that you said earlier on in the episode. Um, but can we really afford to take Forest lightly? They've just beaten Liverpool. I know yeah, Liverpool they've started to find a bit of form now, haven't they? It's a bit annoying. Um I think what they kept what two clean sheets in a row as well now, so their defense is starting to click. Um, they've signed a lot of players, so um, who knows where? Like, if they'll get all of those players to click, Sod's lot will be at, at the Emirates when they turn up. But I think I read something the other day that only nine out of the twenty-two players that they've signed over the the summer have started games for them. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that prick. Jesse Lingard's going to turn up, isn't he? And, um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's definitely going to score. Um, I think, look, if you look at it, PSV away or Forest at home, which is a harder game, I'd say PSV away. Um, and actually, therefore, if you are going to rotate, you, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we rotate. I wouldn't be surprised. If, you know, I think Tierney probably deserves his place back at left back. I know there's murmurs that Zinchenko might be back or in and around fitness again. I think we missed him over the last couple of games because he's a player that we probably could have brought on even if he wasn't starting. And you probably think actually he can change the game in terms of what he does. He's not going to score, but his presence could add a lot. Um, So I think if we can get him back and get him some minutes either... um, at PSV or at Forest or certainly against Zurich at home, that would be a real boost. And um, yeah, I think it, it depends on the team that we put out on Thursday, but I wouldn't be surprised if, um, yeah, actually maybe, we, I don't think we'll play Jesus on, on Thursday, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know, Vieira gets a game or it's hard because there isn't, you know, we say we want to rotate, but who do you take out and who do you bring in? Because uh, the drop-off is quite big, except for some of those defenders maybe. There's, there's not, there isn't there isn't actually that much to rotate with. Mm. When you look at the Forest game on on the weekend, like, what do you think? It, it, it's a game that we really should be winning, right? It, yeah, of course, for hundred um, percent. Yeah, we need to get three points, three points, and uh, I think I do think we'll win. But yeah, we can't underestimate Forest. Like like Aaron has said, they started to pick up a bit of form. They seem to set up quite. I caught a bit of the game against um, uh, Liverpool and they seem to set up with a like 4-3-3 so that it's not a case of them playing five at the back and sitting in, but they really seem to, and I think Steve Cooper said it, you know, just basically clog up the midfield and um, it'll be interesting to see how they approach, approach an away game when they come to us, um, if, they'll, if they'll set up the same way. And I noticed it today as well in the second half, and periods of the towards the end of the first half as well, but mainly in the second half, where we've obviously, you know, our central midfield has changed a lot from last season, where now party is like that single pivot and just sits in front of the back four. But, you know, we were very exposed for the goal that they scored today. And I felt like party was quite exposed. Um, and you started to see Xhaka drop back into central midfield a bit when Southampton were on top. So it'd be quite interesting to see how Forest set up and whether they just try and dominate the midfield, knowing that, it's essentially just Thomas Partey there. Um, but obviously, look, we should we should be coming into this game with no kind of worries in terms of um, really how we approach the game. A home team um, fully expect us to start on Sunday how we've been starting most games this season. Um, I don't think it's going to be a particularly easy game. Um, but yeah, I do think we'll win. So if you're asking for a prediction, I'm going to go... 
2-0 Arsenal. Right. Aaron, what's your prediction? I was going to go 2-0 as well. Um, <laughs> I'll go 2-1 then, just because I want to be different. 2-1 win. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for us to really bounce back with um with a big a big win because I think firstly eight I think nil, we're eight really, nil. No, I was gonna say big win. I was actually just gonna go by three nil, <laughs> three nil. because um, I we are I think we're a different beast at home anyway. Like you know we we I think that the I think and I think also you know it's a couple of couple of games, couple of uh, Premier League games away on the bounce. I think the players are really going to enjoy feeling the love from the home fans again. You know, I think they, they probably, the players probably miss us. Um, I think, I think it's quite, you know, Forrest, when you, when you get a win like you did against Liverpool, it, it's, it's awesome for them. It, to, it totally is. Um, but I, I sort of feel like, I sort of feel like you, you, you'd rather, you'd rather not then go away to an Arsenal kind of next. You'd rather kind of just, Maybe just take take your foot off a little bit, and and and, I, and I'm not sure if it's um, a game that they'll enjoy playing. Um, so I think you know overall, I think it's uh, yeah, I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be three in the Arsenal. Um, but okay, guys, listen, thank you so much for your time. Um, had fun talking about Arsenal as always, regardless of the fact that we didn't win, but we're still top of the league. And uh, yeah, another big week ahead of us. So listen, everyone, thank you for joining and listening to our episode. Please like and subscribe and share the episode. I really appreciate your support. Thank you for the comments today. Uh, Chan, it's pretty much all you, mate. So thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, take care all and and, and have, a, have a great rest of the week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers bye. Guys. See you. Bye.